Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we're here to cover Purdue's victory over the Michigan Wolverines, 82-76. to 76, and How look at- about them Bilers? <laughs> See, sometimes I try to get it all in before. Sometimes you just surprise me. Uh, and we're going to look ahead to the uh, rematch against Illinois, this time going to take place in Mackey Arena. So that is Purdue's next game. So before we get started tonight, I know, Casey, I usually ask you a question to try to uh, see the the mood of the room, kind of maybe take a break from athletics before we get into it. But I understand you have a hot take for me uh, that you've been simmering on for a few days. Yeah, I messaged you the other day and said I had one cooking. And I yes. kind of kind of felt like this game was going to make me believe it anymore. And then I turn on the pregame, and whoever jabroni that dude is, don't know him. Um, Which one? The goofy-looking white dude. That you're gonna have to narrow it down for. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't know any more than that. The, the only one I can remember from the pregame is Lavin. No, not Lavin. I know who okay. Lavin is. The younger. That's what guy. I assumed. I the can't remember. Who former else player, whatever. And he starts running his mouth about this. Well, you know this Purdue team. If you look at their Kim Palm rating, and it's the exact same as last year's Iowa team. Okay, I'm gonna stop <laughs> you right there. I'm gonna stop you right there. You remember how I told you before we started recording that I had a question for you? Is this it? The, the question was, tell me why this team is not like the Iowa team <laughs> that they've been comparing us to. Right. So this is perfect. We so, are on the same wavelength. So Go I've ahead. Been, I've, been, I've been wanting to yell about this, and I was going to be quiet, and then I just had to mention that on Twitter, so I spoiled it a little bit. I'm just – I am so tired of every person in the world just being this gigantic kin palm guzzling. Defensive ratings are not good. 
we don't know how to put a formula to what is a good or bad defense. We're well, not very hold, good. Hold on, it. hold on. You're always shitting on our defensive rating, though, and saying how bad it is. I know. So and you know what? It's, it? I'm reckoning with myself here, Ledman. Okay. So I'm really... reckoning with myself because I keep watching it, and like normally it makes sense. We're the 105th-ranked defense now. It just keeps going up. We have probably played a couple of our best defensive games of the year, and like I watch our team and I watch other teams. Our defense is not great. We have some perimeter issues. We are not the 105th worst defense in the country. Yeah, I can't not even close. that's accurate. These rankings are off the wall crazy. I don't know what's happening. Because there's just no way to really account for the weird, wacky stuff that has in a game. And defense is all about... I, I feel like if you go up 20, 25, at some point it's diminishing returns. Your defense is going to suffer. Because all of a sudden the other team is, you know, going up against a prevent defense. Right, yeah, and the, the the opponent is just going to be gunning. You know, they're they're shooting everything they can to try to get themselves back into the game. Yeah, so I just want everyone to take a chill pill, sit down, relax, stop looking at that number and freaking out, because we are not the 105th defense. We have an amazing offense and a sometimes bad on the perimeter defense that's usually pretty good. And, in case you haven't noticed, I know Dickinson went off today, but he didn't go off inside. And our defense inside is pretty solid. We have a good defense. Not great. Not what we want it to be. Can get a little scary at times. But a pretty good defense. And everyone is just guzzling this Ken Palm efficiency defense thing. And I'm tired of hearing about it. Okay. Uh, Iowa, sure. last year's Iowa defense, comparing it to this team? Are you kidding me? That team was I mean, garbage on the defensive end. Yeah, I mean, I understand that from an eyeball test perspective because, as we discussed uh, the two times that Purdue has played Iowa this year, Iowa, not known for their defense, um, they obviously put that uh, half-court or full-court press on Purdue, which kind of slowed them down and and forced Purdue into a lot of turnovers. But once you break that press from Iowa, it's not as if they're they're really slowing you down. So I, I do think the comparison between the last year Iowa team and this Purdue team is unfair and I also think the Purdue offense is just so different than the Iowa offense was last year. And um, if you, you know, if you look at Ken Palm, they're talking about how this Purdue defense or Purdue offense is one of the most efficient ever under Ken Palm. I mean, top three or top four ever under Ken Palm since he's been doing this thing. I mean, so that's got to count for something as well. It definitely does. We are a crazy good offense. We shot like 30 some percent that game from three or less against Michigan and we still average like over 1.2 points of possession. That's absur- absurd. And our defense, we play a style. And we kind of just have this bend but don't break mentality. And we're trusting in this once in a generation offense to be good enough. The three times we've lost has not been because of defense. No, no. I mean, if anything, you could probably chuck at least two of them up to free throws. Free throws and just our worst offensive performances of the year. Indiana game was bad. Wisconsin game was bad. The Rutgers game was bad. Offensively. Defensively, not great. Not terrible. We The most points we've given up in a loss is 74 points. This team should cakewalk to 78 every game. Yeah, and I mean, Purdue has not lost if they've scored 80 points. We have scored 80 points in five straight Big Ten games. Two of That's them on the road. Do. That is hard to do. Really hard to do. And... We need to get some respect on that because we scored 90 in the two before that besides that Indiana game. So pretty much we're creating all these things as it's easy to say. 
The fact is there is one weakness in this team, and it is a going up against a team with physical imposing guards and ball handlers. That's our one weakness because we can get turned over a bit when our, at our point guard spot. Oh, yeah. And we can struggle guarding guys who can make shots that are big and strong. Those are our weaknesses. It's not we're not some damned to earth, never going to win anything because we have a 105 next to our Ken Palm defensive ratings. Yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely fair. So uh, do you feel like you got that off your chest? Yes, I've yelled a lot and I like it. Good, good. All right. So now with that out of the way, let's head into today's game against Michigan. Purdue came out victorious, obviously, 82 to 76. And it was just it was a really fun game to watch for the first half. Purdue obviously uh, did not get called for a foul in the first half, which I cannot remember the last time that happened. Uh, And then in the second half, because the officials only called a few fouls uh, through the entirety of the first half, decided that they were just going to call everything they could in the second. So if you did not watch the game, just to give you an idea, over the first um, 24 minutes and 16 seconds of the game, so that's the entirety of the first half, four minutes and 16 seconds into the second half, Purdue was called for one foul. In the next nine minutes and 17 seconds, Purdue was called for seven more fouls. So you can't tell me that that is not a change in the style of officiating. And it's just, it's hard for a player and a team to get adjusted to something like that. And it drives fans crazy. The first half was so good. Yeah. It was so good. We didn't, the game went by quick. The ball went back and forth. There were shots. There were rebounds. There were no whistles. It was amazing. And that doesn't, it sounds, since we're the team that had no fouls called against us, it's going to sound like we're homering here. Yeah. The more fouls, the better for us, generally. We are one of the best teams at getting to the line. I think we're the number one team at more free throws against than allowed. That's our entire defensive philosophy. We give up a lot of turnovers and pressure and all that because we don't want to foul. That's how we play. Right. So other teams are going to get away with more stuff than we are because we don't foul. We are the 19th best at giving up free throws per their 16th best giving up free throw attempts towards uh field goal attempts taken. We don't foul. So it hurts us when we're in a game where our big guys aren't getting foul calls. Don't care. That was basketball. That was fun. Yeah, it was, it was fun because you, you didn't pay attention to who the officials were. You didn't notice them getting in places where they shouldn't have been. You just got to watch the 10 guys on the floor play a game of basketball. And that's how it should be. And like you said, it might have been bad for Purdue in the long run because guys like Edie, guys like Williams draw fouls. So by not calling those, we're not getting those extra opportunities at the line, extra maybe um, shots on on the uh, on the hoop. But it it was fun basketball. It was great to watch. Uh, It had a great flow. And I would love to see more halves of basketball played like that. Yeah, Um, please watch that first half. Just stick there. We're never going to complain about them playing more. Yeah. Just give it to us. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't think that they were like missing a lot of calls either. Players weren't being, you know, uh, pushed around and not getting called. It was just it looked like a basketball game out there. And that's what we that's what we all come to see. Yeah, it was too. For the most part, it was disciplined big men's inside. So you didn't see much. Foul. If anything, Edie got fouled on a couple that didn't get called. Yeah, but that I'm OK with it. If you don't call him on the other end. Yes. I'll yes. take that trade off. So. It was good to see one half of consistency because that's more than we've gotten for most of the season. That's that's a fair point. So, so um, a couple things off the top before we get into individual players. Uh, Purdue's win today gave them 1,000 conference wins uh, in the Big Ten, the first team to do so. 
and this was also yeah this was also matt painter's 400th win as a head coach uh quick question for you how many of his wins have come at purdue 337 oh you're way low way low remember he was only at southern illinois as a head coach for one year what i thought it was like three or four no one year so i'll give you another guess something you were much closer. 375 of his wins as a head coach come at Purdue. 25. It was really only one year? I mean, yeah. I was super young then, so I, yeah. I don't have much memory of it, but I just assumed it took like maybe two or three years. Nope. Yep. Nope. Just one. When you know, you know. Yeah. Head coach for one year. That's and then a good like... hire then. That's, oh, yeah. That's an even more impressive hire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cool. when you look back on it, it was a huge risk mm-hmm. because he had been at Southern Illinois under um, Bruce, Bruce Weber. Weber. Yeah, Bruce Weber gets elevated for one year, and then during that year, Purdue's like, yeah, you're our guy. Come over. And, you know, we as a Purdue fan, I knew who Matt Painter was, but I, I had no way to really look at him as a coach and be like, yes, he will be here in 17 years, and we will still be happy with him. Uh, it, quite a risk by Morgan Burke, uh, but it ended up paying off. So uh, I'm sure having Gene Cady involved in the process probably helped that a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you just know. Yeah. And I'm assuming Gene Cady knew. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that takes some balls pretty easy. I guess it's a little easier to do at a small place like Purdue where we don't, I, we don't have expectations in the way of like Duke or North Carolina, stuff like that, where you would expect a national search. So right. nice yeah, to hit a home fair. run at home, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. 400 wins. Yep. A thousand as a program. I, I don't know what that means. Cause you're like, yeah, I mean, who knows really? Yeah. But but it's it's still cool. It's a big everybody, round number, Ledman. Yeah, so we're gonna yell and holler about numbers. it and post on Twitter. That's right. Um. So in the last podcast, you mentioned that you thought this game was going to be a breakout game. Uh, for the one, the only, Jaden Ivy, and I just want to give you your kudos because he looked damn good today. Uh, what did you think of his play? It seemed like he scored way more than twenty three, right? That's what I thought. <laughs> I, like... I looked down when when he had about fourteen, I think they they put it up on the screen, and I was like, no, that's wrong. Uh, he's got to have like twenty by now. But I mean, he was just he was incredible uh, in every aspect of his game today. Well, not every aspect. I was six from three. Okay, well, yeah. So I if mean... he has even just like a like a middling to a six game, you know, he's he's knocking on thirty. I I thought first of all. Kudos for Painter having this in his bag. I I didn't know we had a a high pick and roll offense that we could run for <laughs> thirty like thirty minutes of the game, and it was really encouraging to see. But yeah, it was the Jaden Ivey show, and he was doing it in a way that was at times spectacular. Uh, those dunks are just oh my gosh. amazing, and they back keep to coming. back dunks too. And and he had what four five. I think he five had dunks? four, maybe five. And they were all just exclamation points. And yeah. just you watch him and you're like, this, this is a, he's different. This is, this is not normal behavior. You shouldn't be able to get like that that quickly. Yeah. But, I mean, this, this Michigan team, it's, it, they may not have, you know, a big ranking in front of their name right now, but they have talent. Oh, yeah. Um, And so to be able to blow by those guys uh, multiple, multiple times makes it even more impressive. It was just an incredible showing of patience and nuance in yeah, his game. Yeah, patience, patience. Because what they were doing, they were keeping three guys up at the top. Uh, usually it was like point guard, Gillis, Ivy, and then sometimes even Sasha's up there. And we're initiating this offense with all of them close to midcourt. And they run like a variation on the weave, but it's only to get Ivy the ball 
and then bring usually Edie, sometimes Trey, Edie's definitely more effective as a pick and roller. Bring Edie up, set these monster screens, and Ivy would slow, fast, slow. Yeah. Slow around yeah. the pick, make sure that his guy gets behind him, and then attack in, and then either feel the space and find a shooter. He had seven assists, 23.7 assists. He should have had about 13 assists. <laughs> Because there was space everywhere in this Michigan zone, because Michigan, rightfully so, and I think we're going to see this, I I think we we kind of broke into something here, because you can't guard the Ivy ED pick and roll without three to four bodies. Whew. And we saw that not be enough for a lot of it, because Ivy will beat the first guy, will beat the second guy, oh, yeah. and then the third guy has to choose, am I going to try to stand in between the seven foot four guy in the rim, or come to Ivy? And we saw that alley-oop to Edie was incredible. Yes, absolutely beautiful. Just beautiful touch right where it should be. And But we also saw that Ivy would get to the danger spot, plant, and use his size, skill, and body control that we always talk about and just bully his way to finish at the rim. If we can add this to our game, our already amazing offense, and break it, because this is the kind of stuff, when they're pressuring us, this is the kind of stuff that can break that. Because we're going to trust Ivy and Edie on a pick and roll. You can't you can't brutality your way through that on defense. No. No, I, mean, I was beat. thinking, like, for, for those poor guys who had to, you know, uh, follow through on a screen pat with, with Ivy, imagine having a half step, like losing a half step on Ivy. You're done. Yeah. If he gets a half step on you, you might as well just stop or you better foul him because you're not going to catch up to him. And that means you're going to find yourself in a bad spot and it's going to be incredibly difficult to recover once he gets that even half step on you. Yeah. We were five of 18 from three, uh, which is crazy because we started the game four of seven, four of seven. So yeah, we finished one of 11 and the best thing about Purdue, the only person on our squad that takes bad shots is Ivy and then Thompson some, but Thompson doesn't take a ton. No. Ivy's the one guy in the, who just has free reign to try to create stuff. Went 0 for 6 from 3. He was creating open looks for Gillis had three in a row that he missed that were wide open. Um, we know we've got Hunter there who knocked down one or two. I thought he was really good again. Uh, but yeah. we have shooters everywhere. And you are maximizing. that starting five. Hunter, Ivy, Sasha, Gillis, Edie. That is a pick and roll. That is an NBA quality high pick and roll team. And that's a big, that's a big lineup. It's a big lineup and we've got shooters everywhere. Yeah. So you're asking to contain that pick and roll without leaving a shooter open. And Ivy has this ability to get a pass off from anywhere to anywhere. Mm -hmm. And that is just, and he made most of the right reads. I thought there was a couple times where he got in maybe more than he needed to because you sh like they're selling in on him early. You can make that pass a little earlier, but like Gillis missed one at the end of the half. Ivy went around the screen left, kept it in his left hand, made a skip pass over with just his left over a defender to an open Gillis. Like that is NBA level passing. And if you, if we could just add this on top of everything else, it's just one more cheat code to an offense that's already been incredible. So I am elated by the way that we played this game even if the score was only a six-point win. Yeah, um, and I think the way Ivy has played these last handful of games, ever since he really came back from uh, missing the game against Northwestern because of the hip issue, I think he has just continued to rocket up what he's going to do on, on draft day. 
Um, I mean, what he has shown, there's no way in my mind he's not a lottery pick come whenever the hell the NBA oh, draft yeah. is. He's a top five pick. I, I mean, it's it, he, he is just doing things on the court that I've never seen anybody do. 23, 21, 21, 15, 21, 19, 17. That's his points over the last however many games I just named. <laughs> uh, he is consistent. Because last year, you know, it kind of ebbed, like, ebb and flow. Big games to not big games. Yeah. Came on late in the year, obviously. He was hurt to start the year. But, yeah, this is, this is a different guy. He's in control. He can score in all three levels. His, man, on fast breaks, just outruns the whole opposing team. Yeah, Easily. just outruns everybody. Everyone. When you talk about last season, it reminds me of how emotional he was last year after he hit that shot against Ohio State. And he talked about how he felt like he had let the team down. He was being inconsistent. You know, he wasn't playing up to what he thought he could do. And that shot really showed, you know, I can do this. And I think he's just been building confidence ever since that game. And we're seeing it kind of reach its may- maybe its peak. I don't know how high I don't I don't go. think we're close. But uh, I mean, it, it's just been incredible the way he's playing. So, I mean, you know, this is turning into the Jaden Ivy podcast. Good. It should be. He is a one like you <laughs> yeah, don't get I mean, players like this very often. You better celebrate. No. Him. You better talk about them yeah. after every game because he is amazing. Yeah. So another guy who uh, played pretty darn good today, uh, Trevion Williams. Uh, welcome Finally. back to the offense. Had 19, 19 points, eight rebounds, two assists, four steals, one block, zero turnovers, seven of eight from the floor, including a uh, wide open three. This was one of those, mm-hmm. oh, you're not going to guard me. I'll take this. Uh, and then four of five from the line. So uh, Trevion seems to have come back to the guy we expected him to be. He was out there for 23 minutes versus 17 for Edie today. It's kind of the opposite of Ivy. Like, you told me 19 points. I'm like, what? Where? Huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, the three helps. He made a couple really tough shots. Still felt a little bit like he was forcing it at times, but he made them. And that is yeah. an encouraging sign. Yeah. Four or five on the free throw line. That's good to see. Really been impressed. Like, his rebounding has amped up the last few games as well, which is encouraging. Uh, yeah, we got we got a perfect 40 from our from our sitters again. Yeah, I mean, Edie had some trouble. Um, I think he was getting knocked around a little bit down there in the post. Um, and and uh, he wound up 5 of 12 from the floor. He looked rattled at the start of the game a little bit. Um, but, I mean, he still wound up with 13 and 9. So it it's hard to be. up crowd to start. That was, yeah. That was chaos energy to start the yeah. game. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to be hard to be too mad about that. You'd, you'd like him to make a little bit more, uh, a few more of those shots. But he also... Uh, improved at the free throw line today. He was three of four. Purdue overall seventeen of twenty one. So that's the kind of number we want to see. So we don't get in, you know, trouble in these close games as the season goes on. Yeah, you want more from him, but he gave you thirteen and nine in seventeen minutes. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll live. Yeah, I mean, it's like what I what I said in the last podcast. You know, I just expect so much out right. of him and Trevion because they are so good and they've shown us what they can do. That you know, fairly or unfairly, they get graded on a different curve than the rest of the team 32 and 17 combined today so as good as dickinson was and he definitely was we still yeah, probably had the edge big men wise that that's how insane it is. dickinson had two rebounds that's what i was just gonna point out i two can't believe rebounds. he only had two boards if michigan at all is able to get on the offensive glass which is usually what you expect dickinson to do this game's different it's a it's six a different point game, game yeah. And they got three offensive rebounds, two second chance points. So that is the, a mind blowing stat. Yeah, the big boys did their job. Yeah. Dickinson made a bunch of jumpers. He made that turnaround in the first half off glass 
from yeah. the elbow. That you, you was, shouldn't be throwing that, it off glass no. there. I have no idea what he's doing, and I'm just like, yeah, it's gonna be that day. Yeah, and it was. And yeah, I mean, twelve of seventeen from the floor, uh, two of three from three, made both of his three throws. So, I mean, he put in the work today and kudos to him. I mean, he looked really good out there. Yeah. I will say it was encouraging to see Trey come out there and pressure him a little bit. Uh, Dickinson had four turnovers. I think three of them were in the last three minutes. Yeah. All of those did a really good job of kind of jumping in front of passes. All of them, not making, letting Dickinson be comfortable. He knocked the ball, uh, out of Dickinson hand when Dickinson went to drive by him. So it's very, encouraging that Trey can show against a a big like that who's dangerous on the perimeter he can get out there and kind of get in his way some Trey uh I don't what, what how many steals did he have I want to say he had two um trying to see the official oh no Trey Williams had four steals today yeah in 23 yeah. minutes I, I mean it's just wild three in the second half and you talked about, uh, I think, I don't know if it was in our group chat or if it was on Twitter, but you talked about how the Purdue defense looked so much better in the last three to four minutes yes. of the game. Absolutely. Um, did you notice anything different about what they were doing, or was it just the fact that they were more energetic out there and they were jumping in passing lanes more so than they had done throughout the rest of the game? Overall, I thought our rotations were pretty good all game. We had a couple possessions where we had a lot of energy moving around. I, it's, it's 95% focus with us. Um, Gillis, Ivy, Ivy is terrible at losing his man. Yeah. He wants to just, Ivy wants to be on offense yeah. all game, but then like he... he wants to go to the ball. Like he can, he feels like he can take it from anyone at any time. He's that athletic where he can just zip all yeah. over. He loses his guy a lot. Ivy has real big, like kindergartner playing basketball yeah. for the first time energy. Yeah. He's like, Oh, the ball. But I mean, yeah. he gets away with it because he's so damn talented, right. but like he always wants to be where the action is. He just can't, it, he can't get away from it. Yeah, so so it's it's mostly that. We just need to focus a little bit and not overhelp in places that we can't really help anyway. Stick to the guys in the corner. And I thought we did. We were a lot more disciplined the last couple minutes. Uh, I thought Gillis was one of his better games regardless defensively. And, uh, you know, first struggled today. He, he He's usually one of the better guys at, you know, keeping track of his guy. And he got – I absolutely got turned around, yeah. ran – and then, well, Caught the running somewhere is, he shouldn't have been. I don't, I don't know. Funny what thing is, doing. I was watching that. I was, I was watching that possession um, because I know, you know, how fond you are of Caleb first. So I wanted to be able to pay attention to what he was doing on the ball. Not the one ball. to do it. Yeah, it, it <laughs> and the thing is, he handled that possession pretty well. Uh, he closed out on a guy. He yeah. helped on a double team on that possession, I believe. But then he, he lost. I think he lost where the ball was and didn't realize his guy, you know, was available for such an easy pass and suddenly the ball's going over his head and he's turning and having to close out on his guy and he just can't get there in time uh, and his man buried a three in the corner yeah he was twirled around i yeah i don't know <laughs> he if he nice thought the ball spin. like got to dickinson because he looked like he was going into double in the paint and the ball was not there so he was just caught turned around and yeah bail out throw away to the corner for an open three morton didn't play great uh, really didn't impact the game score-wise at all. No. Didn't have a good plus-minus. It's interesting. Um, we'll see how that is going forward. Now, it's always interesting because, you know, there's still a couple teams we haven't played yet, and Michigan was one of them. So yeah. how do some of these guys who, depending on the game and matchup, play, you know, eight minutes or 28? And we've seen that with First and Morton where they can both be in and out of the rotation. So it was good to see everyone else play well and then get – what, once again, we, we talked about it briefly. Hunter looks a hundred times better. 
Oh, yeah. Just uh, a different player. Just a different player. Attacking the closeout, driving to the hoop, playing within his own pace, uh, finding Edie for that dunk was a great play. Yes, it was. Uh, just a pump fake, drive baseline. Doesn't get any more basic than that. Pull the big man in, find Edie, let him dunk. And then, you know, Hunter knocks down his jump shots right now, got inside a couple times using, like, he's long. We, we like to see it get to the hoop. Yeah. And that's very encouraging. I was very worried when he went out with foul trouble because, once again, Thompson... He made one weird-looking floater from yeah. 15 foot, and besides that, just it's cringe to watch him play sometimes. Just yeah, he only had one assist. I mean, no rebounds, no steals, uh, nothing else really in, in the box score. So uh, the more we can have Hunter out there right now, the better. Um, one other thing I wanted to point out before uh, I think we, we move on to Illinois, I thought it was really encouraging in the second half um, Michigan was able to take the lead down to one on at least, I believe, two occasions. Uh, and Purdue went on runs uh, each time to push the lead out. Uh, I think they went on something like a 10-0 run when Michigan got it down to 45 to 44. And then suddenly Purdue was, was up 11 points. So I think the way this Purdue team can respond when pressed uh, really shows what they're capable of should we get to March and uh, find ourselves in a little bit of trouble. The, the offense and the team, Overall, especially Ian on defense as well, seems to have a different gear when things get really tight. Yeah, um, I thought that layup by Stevanovic was great. Yes. Uh, both of them, really. But the one that, you know, pulling back up to a two-possession game was huge. Uh, I, I like our team. I, we we had that little, you know, we're losing these games, giving up comebacks, and I think we were all a little, little panicking, and I was mm-hmm. too. But Oh, yeah, I was. I like our team. Yeah, and, and I I'm think, liking I think what we're really, falling into right now. Yeah, they're really putting it together, hopefully at the right time, So uh, as Big Ten season winds down. So we are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, look ahead to the second game of the season against the Fighting Illini. And we are back to look ahead to Purdue's rematch with the Fighting Illini. Purdue, of course, uh won the first round uh, in this matchup this year. That game was at Illinois. This one is going to be in the friendly confines of Mackey Arena. Um, so hopefully hopefully that will make this game a little bit easier. Reminder, this game was set for February 10th, but was moved due to the uh, rescheduling of the Michigan game. So it's going to be on Tuesday, February 8th at 9 p.m. So I know for a lot of people who have season tickets, that's kind of a bit of a problem. So hopefully you can find some Boilermakers to give those tickets to uh, if you cannot make the game. So just keep that in mind. Or just go to the freaking game because it's going to be a borderline top 10 battle royale at hey, Mackey yeah. Arena. Yeah, but you just never know. Uh, you know, people got to dead. People got to schedule things. They got they children they got to have looked after. So you can't just throw like, uh, you know, some puzzle pieces and some puffs down on the floor for a child Say and come who? back. Uh, me, I am the parent of a toddler and uh, also an attorney. And I think that's how you get, <laughs> I think that's how you get CPS called on you. Know you know what else you are? You're a wet blanket. That's right. <laughs> My wife always says that. I never know what she means. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so yeah, coming up this Tuesday, big game in the conference. Um, going to oh, face comps. Purdue, Purdue getting the uh, return trip, uh, Illinois coming into Mackey. Coburn, obviously, going to be the star for that Illinois team. It wasn't very impactful in the first game between these two, but as we talked about in the last pod, just uh, scored 30-plus uh, in a mo- in a recent game for the Illini. So is he the one we're going to have to look out for once again? No. No? No. I mean, I know they have more guys, but, like, Coburn's been playing pretty well. Did you see what Corbello did to us after not playing well, for two yeah. months? I, I'm terrified. He's like, yeah. 
the basketball equivalent of an athletic quarterback that Purdue also can't handle. Yes, it's, it's amazing it's just, how it's amazing how we have the same faults in basketball and football. Yeah, like it doesn't matter if they're in a bad spot, a good spot, like something's going to happen and it's just like terrifying. No, look, there once again, I I said, you know, when we initially previewed this game, Coburn's great. He's awesome. So are our centers. At worst, we're going to break even. I think we might go back to that where it's a break even and it's about everyone else. So my concern is entirely this batch of Illinois guards. I don't know what it was about playing Purdue. They so, sure looked good. Curbelo he, has he, been uh, awful. He's only played in seven games. Game. He's only played in seven games this whole season. Yeah, He came, so played against us, had 20 points, three assists, six rebounds. His following game went to Maryland, had four points, one of five shooting from three, three turnovers. Uh, Wisconsin game, seven points, two of six, two turnovers. Only played 11 minutes. 11 minutes, 12 minutes against Indiana, three points, one of four shooting from the field, one of two from the free throw line, turnover. Has not been good, except no. he destroyed us. Yeah, he, he absolutely roasted us. And he had a concussion, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. It was the reason he was out. Um, And I know they've been kind of... Uh, touch and go with him uh, regarding whether he's going to be playing because they, you know, they want to keep him healthy for the long term. They know they're going to make it to the NCAA tournament. And that's where you want uh, a a guard like Curbelo to be able to come in and make a difference. So we will see. I know, I don't know if I've seen anything for sure, if he's going to play, they've been resting him at times and not playing him as many minutes. So it'll be interesting to see what he does, but obviously he was a huge problem for the Purdue defense. The first time these two teams played. When we played them, they took 33 three-pointers against us. Oh, my gosh. 33. They went 12 of 33. If they make one more in regulation or overtime, they beat oh, yeah. us. Um, obviously, that goes both ways. We we shot well. We, didn't, we, we got to the line against Illinois at Illinois. That's how we won the game. So is that what continues? Do, you know, Jaden Ivey, 15 free throws last game. Do they have a better answer for him this time? Uh, Zach Eady was obviously amazing at 20 points. Does Coburn come back rejuvenated and look better against him? I, you watch Coburn play. He doesn't have a ton of moves. It's he's bigger than you and he's going to drop step into you. Yeah. That still doesn't work against Eady. And so I, I'm not, I'm not that concerned about Coburn, but Alfonso Plummer is a beast. Trent Frazier is trouble. Curbelo is trouble. Grandison's a good shooter. I'm worried about the three point shooting. I'm worried about the high volatility of a team that will shoot the three 33 times in a game. Yeah, I mean, that that is outrageous. You know, Purdue only shot 18 in that game. And we shot we them were, well. Yeah, 8 of 18 for 44%. But, I mean, to, to just shoot up 33 three-pointers. Granted, it was double overtime. Uh, so, you know, you got an extra 10 minutes in there to do that. But that is still just so many threes. A lot of threes. Yeah, I, I it, we have to be able to defend that. And we have to be able to use our guard side. And, you know, we saw Eric Hunter kind of go off against Illinois. by Yeah, this was, yeah, this was the game that he kind of really started to turn his season around. So like, um, he, played that. 30, he played 31 minutes in that game, 11 points, two assists, uh, two, two rebounds, uh, four for four from the free throw line and three of four from the field. So we need definitely more of that from him in this game. Yeah, um, I think we're going to lean on Sasha again a lot. He had 22 points, uh, best out of the year. Yeah. A lot which is the, on the and that was on the road, which is is big for Sasha. Right, and he's just he's a different guard than the kind of guards that Illinois has. He's big. Um, they don't 
they're more of a hound you. They want they want you to dribble. That's that's how their guards defend. Like they're comfortable with that. When you're running off screens and you're bigger and you're trailing and like trailing in transition, they they struggle with that. We saw that. So it's it's a fun matchup. Obviously, it went to double overtime last time. I am excited for this to happen in Mackey. It's going to be a good game. But th- these are the two best teams in the Big Ten. Um, yeah, I think so. It it's becoming more and more apparent. You know, we've we've seen some Big Ten teams uh, lose recently. Wisconsin uh, got ran out by Illinois. To be honest, just thoroughly outplayed. Well, and uh, Michigan State today just absolutely got destroyed by Rutgers. Yeah, and the reason for that is Purdue and Illinois have the best guards in the conference. Do you know what's wild? What points? Oh, okay. Yeah, we've only played one more game than Illinois. And we have scored uh-huh. 250 more points in the season. Wait, hold on. Say Raw that numbers. Again. We've played one more game yeah. than Illinois. Raw numbers. We've scored 19, 1,944 points. They've scored 1,697. That is wild. That's, yeah, that's wild. And even like, yeah, we, we've played more games, but yeah, that's wild. Yeah, but just one more game. That mm-hmm. wouldn't, you know, account for that sort of discrepancy. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, we're high scoring. I guess. I, whew. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. You don't ever uh, look at the raw numbers of that, but it's just no, like, damn. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty incredible. So, I mean, this, uh, you know, this game could very well determine who's going to win the Big Ten Conference. Um, like you said, these are the two teams that I think are playing the best right now. If you look at the Big Ten standings, Illinois sits at ten and two. We are nine and three. Wisconsin, who just survived a uh, scare from Penn State just minutes ago, also sits at nine and three. There are two other teams in the conference that have three losses. That's Michigan State and Ohio State. Ohio State is an interesting case because they have only played nine games thus far. Um, uh, they've had two conference games canceled, so we don't really know uh, when those are going to be reset or uh, you know how yeah. those will play out. Well, if, too. Um, so I, I think if Purdue wins this game, they can find themselves in the driver's seat for, for another Big Ten championship and – it's another great win to add to the resume when it comes That's to March Madness one. and seeding time. Yeah, that, I mean, at this point, we know Purdue is going to make the NCAA tournament. We know that they're going to get a damn good seed, but we want a number one seed because it is the easiest it path to the final nice. four, and it is the best way to put yourself in a position to succeed. And that is what this Purdue team needs to do in the regular season in order to get that position in March. We've got to win games like this. Ledman, are yeah. we? Are we headed down a road where IU March 5th coming to West Lafayette? Is that going to decide the big 10, not between those two oh teams, but for Purdue. Right. Yeah. I see what you mean. Is yeah, because... that game going to decide the big 10 for us? Oh God. That would be a hell of a game. I mean, the atmosphere in Mackey would be just crazy. I might uh, have to make oh. a trip up. <laughs> Good luck finding a ticket. I bet tickets would be outrageous for that game. Should that be the scenario? I'll take, I mean, they're, I'll they're take probably the credential off Jace. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just pull rank on him. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I Like, you are very right. I could see that happening because the way Purdue and Illinois are playing, if if Purdue wins this game and has the, the one-game advantage over Illinois in the loss column, you know, every game becomes, or I'm sorry, they'd be tied in the loss column. Then every game you got to watch what the other team does and a single slip up could send you out of the top of the big 10. So if Purdue has to run the table to win the conference, that last game against IU could be one of the biggest and most consequential Purdue IU games uh, in years. My assumption is four wins will be good enough to win the big 10. Do you mean four four losses? losses? Four losses. Okay. We're at three right now. I think. Yeah. 
Because we've got Michigan State and Wisconsin both on the road before the IU game. That's how we yeah. close out the season. Yeah, that, that's, that's a tough, tough, tough closeout. Um, if we can get by this Illinois game, then we got to go to Michigan. Uh, so, yeah, I I would be shocked if we ran the table. So I, I'm i kind of going in with the mindset we're going to have four losses going in against Indiana. And I have a hard time believing any of the teams at the top are going to run through either. Because uh, it's Illinois or it's Illinois or us that has the talent to run through almost a two month, a month and a half stretch. Yeah. So I just, it's, it's hard to imagine that anyone's going to be at three on the last week. Yeah, it would be tough. It would be tough. The big 10 has a lot of talent this year and you've seen even teams like Rutgers teams like Penn state can really come in and surprise you if you're not on your game. So uh, I would imagine you are correct in that four losses could be enough to win the league this year. Um, but Purdue already with three. So this Illinois game on Tuesday is going to be extremely important. So it, you know, it's a 9 p.m. tip. It's going to be a hell of a good atmosphere in Mackey Arena, and it's a game I'm really looking forward to watching. I think it could be one of the most exciting games of the year, especially after the double overtime thriller these two played already in the season. Yeah, I could not be more pumped for this game. It's gonna yeah, be. Yeah, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be incredible. I mean, this is like good. It I it's just a reminder of why I love college basketball so much because you only every game means so much. You only get so many opportunity against marquee opponents to show the rest of of the conference or of the conference of the country how good you are and this is a game where a lot of eyes of the college basketball world are going to be in west lafayette and if purdue is truly as good as we think they are this is the game they have to show everyone and this is a game that the selection committee can remember on selection sunday when they're putting in those numbers next to our name yeah it's just it's always a weird thing when you already have the road win, which is yeah. like, that's the which joker the card in one, your part. Yeah. That's a joker card in your pocket when you go to the committee like, yeah, you're going to bump us up a seed, right? Look at this road win. You can't give that up by losing at home afterwards. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they did. They just wash. You don't that, want them to wash out. Yeah. That diminishes the other win. And, and at the rate teams are getting knocked off above Purdue, we are angling for the one seed, that fourth yeah. or third one seed. So, yep. Er, er, uh, Baylor went down by like 30 points today, and uh, we saw Auburn Auburn nearly got a a scare from Georgia. Nearly got creamed. Yeah, <laughs> and then creamed creamed himself. Yes, he did, as he usually does, as we all should. Yeah, so it's just this is this is the really fun time of college basketball regular season where it seems like each game means so much more than they did at the start of the year, um, and it just makes everything so so thrilling to watch. And again, it's really it reminds me each and every year why I love college basketball so damn much. It's a good time. We got yeah. a lot of it this week. Yeah. So coming up on Wednesday, uh, we'll be covering what happens against this Illinois team on Tuesday. And we'll look ahead to another game against Michigan, which we should be pretty familiar with since we played them today. So uh, it's it's the uh, it's the meat grinder of the Big Ten here, and these postponements and reschedules are really uh, hampering Purdue. So let's hope they can get through this unscathed. So, Casey, anything else on Illinois, or are we just ready to head out for the day? Uh, we are ready. All right. Well, for Casey and myself, thank you for listening. Make sure to rate, review, hammer that subscribe button, tell your friends, give us a comment on Facebook, Twitter, on the website, hammerandrails.com. We'd love to hear from you. Let's boiler up. Boiler up. Boiler up.